Episode 253 of the PJ Archive is a phone interview I did with the popular English actress Gwen Taylor, who's best known from hit TV series such as Duty Free, A Bit of a Do, Barbara, Heartbeat, Coronation Street and EastEnders. Films she's been in include Monty Python's Life of Brian, The Lady in the Van and Another Mother's Son. With many stage credits to her name too, Gwen was promoting a UK tour of a play called The Croft when I did this interview with her in late 2019. How excited are you by the upcoming UK tour of The Croft? I'm very excited at the thought of being in the play and doing the part that I'm going to be doing. But the tour is a little frightening for me because I've just, I'm just finishing in one of The Lady Vanishers. I'm at Yeovil this week mm-hmm. and Torquay next week. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little weary of touring, so I'll have to get my energies together over Christmas to start again. But yeah. it, the play itself is wonderful, I think, and I'm really looking forward to doing it. I just wish it was in the West End, Peter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, maybe it will be. You never know. <laughs> you never know, do you? So what attracted you to this part, this play, this production? I've done a couple of plays for the original theatre company and had a very nice time with them. I did The Importance of Being Earnest and Night Must Fall, two wonderful parts for ladies. And I, I had a very nice time with them. And Alistair Wackley, who's the kind of leading light of the... Of the production company has written this play and had me in mind and so it's rather wonderful to be setting out in a, in a brand new play so it's a very intriguing piece would i be right in thinking that you're playing a ghost in this well i'm playing a, a lady who was alive 150 years ago and she's haunting a place that is the, the center the croft which is the center of the play hmm. She's haunting. She stood up for her rights as a woman in a place where you didn't stand up for your rights. Okay. It was a male, a patriarchy. So, and she stood up for her rights, and it all became tragically awful. Mm. And so she's haunting the Croft, which is where, her, where she was last seen. In real life, have you ever seen a ghost or had any spooky encounters? I have never actually seen a ghost. I did think I saw one once. I remember... When my grandfather died, I was in bed and the door opened and something came in and I thought, oh my God, it's my granddad. But it was actually my brother who was frightened and sad about my granddad and he climbed into bed with me and we kept each other company. It wasn't a ghost at all. But I know know what seeing a ghost must be like because I felt that incredible feeling in the pit of your stomach. Yeah. Oh, God, you know, what do I do? What do I do? And then it was my brother, Jack, who said, I, 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 I don't want Granddad to die, and, and came into bed. So it was a wonderful experience in the end because we comforted each other. But I can understand what it's like. But I do believe that certain places have in their bricks and mortar and stones the ability to actually absorb awful events, traumas of any kind. Theatre ghosts, perhaps. Sometimes theatres claim to have ghosts, don't they? Yes, they do. They do indeed. That's not always because there's been a trauma. Hmm. But I have to tell you, when my husband and I went up to Glencoe 
in the Scotland. Yeah. We felt so extraordinary there. I felt such an... I mean, I know we knew all about it, and so we were expecting to feel something, but we did, both of us, feel the past coming towards us. You know, it was incredible. It, it really was quite a feeling. Yeah, I went there um, last year. Did you get that feeling? Yeah, yeah, it was a very special place, I have to say. It yeah, is, it it is, is spiritual. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah but the thing about bricks and mortar is that things about some buildings... Of the, I think they also observe wonderful uh, actions as well, but I think it's mainly traumas and deaths that they seem to absorb. I mean, that is such an extraordinary thing to happen. I read in an old interview of yours that you like staying in nice hotels. Will you be doing that on this tour, or will you be slumming yes, I'm, it? I'm afraid, I'm afraid we're spending our pensions, because I do like staying in... I'm in one at the moment in Yeovil. I do like staying in nice hotels. <laughs> I've done the dicks jobs for, for years, you know, not so nice places and sharing bathrooms. And I've decided at eighty that that's not gonna happen anymore. Good for I'm you. gonna have I'm gonna have all the suite wherever I go. So uh, <laughs> so 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 we do we do spend a bit too much money on on hotels and we really can't afford it but we we do. So I don't end up with a lot of money in the bank when I've done a tour. What makes you want to take on a big tour at the age of eighty? Because I've been offered it. I want to work. I don't want to stop. I don't know what would happen to my brain if I stopped. I want to work. I want to do something. And if it's good, and this is, I want to do it even more. I mean, I don't think I would accept work just because I want to work if it wasn't good. I want to do good stuff. It's silly. I don't want to go out on, you know, trivia. I want to do good, solid stuff. Mm -hmm. And this new play is really good and solid. But why would you not rather put your feet up and take it easy rather than slog oh, around Britain for work? Because I would hate it. You should see our house. It's a complete mess. That's all I would do. Until I died, I would be still tidying the house and getting things right. Hmm. Because it, we've let it go. I mean, and also, I tell you, I am a hoarder of little animals, especially pigs. I've got... Oh. I don't know how many pigs I've got in the house. They're all over the place. I love them, and, and they have to be cleaned from time to time. And they're not being, because I'm on tour and I've only got Sundays or every other Sunday. Because, like, for example, from here, Yeovil, I'm going down to Torquay on Sunday. You mean uh, micro-pigs, or do you mean normal pigs? No, I mean, I mean lovely pigs, pigs that have been made, pigs of terracotta, I've even ah. got some pigs made of metal. Oh, I mean, I've just got... I just collect pigs. So you haven't yeah. got a real one? No, I haven't. I feel sometimes as if I have. We've got a wonderful pig called Wilbur, who's a, a poof pig where you put your feet up. And, oh. and sometimes, sometimes I feel quite chummy with him. <laughs> and uh, what's your technique for remembering your lines? My technique disappeared a while ago while I was still young and flirty. I now have to really work hard at it. I have to learn the lines before we start. At one time, I used to learn the lines almost from the moment rehearsal started. I would be given a move or I would work on a move and that would give me the line. Now I find I need to learn at home, away from the rehearsal, so that I come in with it learnt. That's the only difference. That is the only difference in any kind of technique I have. Mm. It's just um, an envelope down a page, you know. And then, 
I bring in the big guns, which is my husband, Graham Reed, who goes through it with me oh. and tests me on them. So that's brilliant. So you don't write so, things on the back of your hand or anything like that? No, no. Do you know, I once worked with Wolford Pickles. Do you remember Wolford Pickles? Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. I I did a play in which he was a a lecturer, and they had had his lines on the back of doors. God. And on the corner, yeah, Yeah. I mean, which was... Which was sweet and and Mm. sad, but, but, you know, he he got through it, so that was all right. Do you have any TV or film work coming up? Not that I know of. Right. You've reminded me to ring my agent and just ask what's happening. <laughs> okay. No, I don't think I have, actually, at the moment. Mm. Uh, not, nothing. I mean, I must say, stage tours do take your, over your life, you mm. know. Oh, I mean, no, yeah. And when you started out in show business, did you ever imagine you'd still be working at 80? No. <laughs> Mind you, I didn't start till I was 30, which is quite late to start. No, of course not, although... I just accepted that that was going to be my life yeah. after being a bank clerk for eight years. I decided that that was going to be my life, and I didn't think about how long that life would be. I'm glad it's been as long as it is, and I hope to continue. But yeah. No, I, I didn't have that kind of... I just wanted to act. So how old were you when you first appeared in Panto as a green bean? <laughs> about... Uh, about 32, I oh, think. Oh, OK. Right. <laughs> yes. was... My family have never forgiven me for that, actually. <laughs> Are you glad you started in the era that you did? Um, I sometimes have little musings about what it would have been like to have started when I was much younger. Mm. But I think I did it right. I, I think I did it right because I brought an experience to it that I've been able to use ever since. Hmm. Uh, an experience of earning your own money, of being in a reasonably important job, and uh, and and I think I think that's been helpful to me for the the parts that I played because I was never going to play Juliet, was I, <laughs> or Ophelia? You know, at thirty when 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 I started the professional theatre, so uh, I always knew I was going to be slightly more mature than the people at drama school that were going to play those parts. I think I think I brought quite a lot of that life with me yeah. uh, to make things believable. Um, I hope so. I hope I've made things believable. Yeah. The second venue on this tour of the Croft is Derby. How much will yes. that how much will that mean to you, Gwen? Oh, it could mean everything. Listen, this tour that I'm on now, the Lady Manifest went to Derby. It was wonderful. <laughs> I say this for Derby people. They really support their own. And they are so good to me. They turn up and fill the house, and it's just wonderful. Do you still so, have relatives um, so or property up there? No, uh, I, have fa- I have relatives, yes. I have family uh, mm. in, and, in and around Derby, yes. But since Mum and Dad died, I don't, I don't have a house that I visit particularly. Mm. I just go around everybody that I know. And how would you describe your childhood there? My childhood was... I was brought up in a little village called Kreich, in the Peak District, and I suppose it was wonderful. I was the oldest of four children, three boys and me, and my grandfather had a small holding and kept two pigs. Would you believe he now? <laughs> now you see, it all goes back, yeah. doesn't it, to your past. He kept two wonderful pigs. He kept them for the government. He fed them. The government paid for the feed, and he was allowed to keep one for the village and one he had to send back to the government to feed mm. everybody. And so 
that was how I met the two pigs. Oh. Of course, they changed every now and then when they got slaughtered, bless them. Yeah. Uh, I didn't cry too much because I knew what it was all about. And as a family in Derbyshire, were you safe from German bombs during World War Two? We, we were because, funny enough, when I was born, I was living in Derby itself. My dad was in the army and I was living in Derby itself. And then when it started, I came back to my grandfather's place in Crouch. So we were pretty safe. I mean, we used to get under the sofa when we heard them going over, but we, we, we were never bombed, thank mm. goodness. And yeah, what, we were pretty safe. What and where was your dad's experience as a soldier during the war? Where was he? Well, he, he didn't leave England. He was based at Catterick Camp. And he was Remy, he was working on the big army lorries, and he got a kickback from the starter of one of them, which injured his arm oh. to an extent that he was quite injured for the rest of his life, which is very sad. Yeah, I, but, read, that, um, I read that he was a car mechanic. What profession did your mother and brothers have? My mother had no profession. She was a housewife and mother. My yeah. brothers... My darling oldest brother is, has been dead for a long time now. He used to love skiing. I don't mean posh skiing, but Peak District skiing. Mm. He used to love it. He, he was a mechanic too, and my middle brother worked for Rolls-Royce, but mm -hmm. not as a mechanic in the offices. And my little brother, who is now in Australia, as a, a worker in uh, prisons for rehabilitating prisoners. Was there any history of acting or entertaining in your family background? No, mm. not at all. I was definitely the black sheep of the mm. family. Mm. Not at all. God knows where it came from. I really don't know. I think it was my school, which was an all-girls grammar school. They got me working and acting as young boys mm. because I, the way I looked and the way I sounded. So, and I don't know whether that's where I got the bug, but... Um, you don't think I you saw it. anything on stage or screen which sparked your interest? Oh, yes. Oh, uh, yes, of course I did. I I remember seeing Greta Garbo in Queen Christina and absolutely feeling all her emotions, especially the last one where she just sits at the prow of a ship or stands at the prow of a ship. And what you do is you, you put all her past life through her face because she lets you do that. She lets you into that phase. And the other one that really excited me was Anne Bancroft in The Miracle Worker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, wonderful performance. I mean, it's a heartbreaking performance. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. I still I still get a little bit chisky when I think of it, you know. Oh. From when you first did local Amdram from the age of 11, how did your parents feel about you acting? I don't think it was from the age of 11 oh, that I started. Oh, I misread. No, I think I was, I was well into uh, uh, 18, something oh, like sorry. 17 or 18. They, they thought it was, oh, our friend just got one of their fads on, you know, she's, yeah. uh, she thinks she's going to be. And my, uh, I remember somebody saying to me, why do you think anybody would come and watch you? Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I didn't have a lot of, uh, of um, support at that yeah. time. No. And if you wanted to be an actress, why did you work in a bank? Because I didn't think being an actress was, was open to someone like me. I just felt a very ordinary working class girl. And also, you know, it was, it was quite a coup to get in the bank. You know, don't knock it. It oh, was yeah, quite yeah, a quite, coup. Yeah. Because I, I think I was quite near the top of the list of people who'd taken the exam in Derbyshire. 
So I, I was rather thrilled with that, and I thought it would be all right. And it wasn't until I'd gone back to amateur dramatics that I realised that really wasn't what I wanted to do. Yeah, I guess the amateur dramatics were a great escape from the, the dull bank job, and also I gather you were unhappily married early on, weren't you? Yes, I was. They were a tremendous escape from all of that. Mm. So people said to me, it's the only time I see you happy. And I think there's a bit, a bit of truth in that, really. Did anyone you were at drama school with go on to be well-known? Oliver Tobias, but you probably won't know Oliver oh, Tobias. Oh, I do know exactly who you mean, yes. Yes. Well, he was in our year. Yeah, he went on to be a star. Alison Stedman was in the year below me. Ah. Yeah, which was wonderful. Yeah. I can't think of anyone else of East 15ers who become very famous. Gwen, what were your early expectations of your acting career? What did you think that you would achieve? I hardly dare think about it. I hardly dare think where it would lead me. It was just so important to be doing it. I don't think I've ever heard. What is it when you want something to happen? Desire. Ambition. He's done okay. it again. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a concrete ambition in my life. I've been a sort of a bit of a wimp. I've waited for the phone to ring, waited for somebody to suggest something. And I think it's probably part of my background, which was we don't put ourselves forward, you know. We, we keep our heads down, that kind of working-class background. And so, thank God, people did ring the phone and people mm. did offer me things. I don't know where I would have been. It's pathetic, isn't it, really, to say that? Did you ever have any Me Too-type experiences early on, like so many actresses appear to have had now? I'm ashamed to say that I didn't. And I think it's only because I'm not attractive enough, probably. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> your husband disagrees. I don't mean that. Of course I don't mean it. No, I don't remember any... I do remember once somebody saying, well, you know why I've given you this job, don't you? Because I fancy you. Wow. But I said... Something like, oh, rubbish, you know, mm. <laughs> and just walk, walked away. Mm. Um, I, I suppose that could have gone on to something, but it did, so I still got the job. So mm. I must have been, there must have been something there, you know. What have you made of this sort of Me Too campaign where actresses have been fighting back? I'm proud of them, but I want it to stop. I just think it's going on and, and going back so many years now. I don't know, I just want it to stop. I mean, I'm very proud of the people who came out and spoke about it. That is wonderful. But I don't want old men to be punished anymore. It was a different world. You know, I mean, I've had my bottoms patted and, you know, things like that, which you just took in your stride at one time. I wouldn't want somebody who had their bottom patted in 1960 or something to come out and, and get that old man. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I'm not making sense, and the women women are going to hate me, aren't they? But that's how I feel now. Have there been any cases in particular which have made you annoyed? No, not not really, because I think it's, up to, it's people's lives and it's what mm. they do with their lives that, you know, is, is their business. It's just, I just want it to stop. It would appear that many young actresses, certainly in recent times, are pressured into taking their clothes off on screen and performing love scenes and so on. What was it like for you in that respect? I did take my clothes off once. It was for a wonderful play called The Common by Peter Nichols. And I got the script and it didn't say, uh, it said she gets out of bed. 
but I decided I would go ahead with it. I was much younger, believe me, and much uh, firmer all around, <laughs> and really rather attractive. And so it wasn't a, a terrible thing. But I remember, to this day, I remember them saying to me, don't worry, it's a closed set. Nobody's allowed to come in, which you've taken your things off and got into bed. So, so I was protected then. I'm not sure that would happen now. You'd have half the press there, probably, <laughs> yeah. you know. And you certainly would if it was me with my clothes off, because believe me, I ain't pretty anymore down oh. there. And uh, early on, you worked with members of the Monty Python team. Uh, were they? I as, did. Were they that as... was fantastic. Oh, that was so fantastic. Yes. I mean, I, I, I used to do some comedy stuff at the BBC, and I did a little play, a little series for Barry Talk. And he introduced me to the guy who produced the Monty Python things. From there, it led on to Rutland Weekend Television, and working with Eric Idle and uh, and doing Life of Brian, so yeah. it was terrific. It was a terrific thing to do. Very strange and unusual, and uh, I look back on it with with some pride actually that I did yeah. that kind of thing then, because it was it was not easily received in some places in England. Yes, you know, I mean, Derby didn't want to show it. <laughs> Are you talking about Life of Brian now? About yeah, the religious, yeah. Uh, yeah, the religious yeah. protests. Yeah. Yeah, Did yeah. anyone have a go at you for being in it? No. In fact, it's one of the few things that gives me kudos among young actors. Yeah. When they find out I've been in it, they, they, they look at me with different eyes, I think. You know, not this not this venerable old lady that's going on stage. It's, it's oh, she did die for Brian. You know, it's quite nice. Did you get close to any of the Pythons? Yes, I did, Michael. It cloyed me, of course, in ripping yarns. Yes. Yes, I, I got on, but you know, it was difficult doing the filming in Tunisia. They were so busy. You didn't really form just friendships with one. It mm. was like a, a team, you know, kind of quite wonderful, really. What's the truth about you declining a role in The Meaning of Life? It's not really true. I wasn't happy. I didn't want to do it because I was going to be sicked on by Mr. Creosote. <laughs> and I really didn't want to do that. Monsieur Creosote, I should say. Yeah. But I had a, a, I had another offer of something, and so it wasn't difficult to say I won't do it this time. You know, it sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Turning down the pythons, but but it was it was it was one of those moments when you've got another job on the offing and and you make a choice. Did you meet George Harrison or any of the Beatles? I know you were yes, involved in. Definitely in in Tunisia. Yes, uh, and Angelica Houston. Jack Nicholson and George Harrison. Yes, because George Harrison had put money into the film. You know, yeah, yeah, so, nice. so yes, yes, it was quite exciting. It was mm. wonder who's going to turn up tomorrow. You know? What do you consider your big break as an actress? It's a difficult one, but I suppose it has to be duty free. Yeah, it has to be the one that makes you popular all round. You know, it has to be the one that that people recognise and enjoy. And are not afraid to speak to you because of it. You know, yeah. they, they they become friendly, and they're still watching it. Would you believe that? Mm. Certain afternoons. <laughs> there was great chemistry between the four main characters in Duty Free. Was that reflective of how well you all got on in real life? Yes, it was. Yes, we were a great team, actually. I think <laughs> I've said this before, but we used to stay at the King's Hotel in Leeds, the Queen's Hotel in Leeds because it was shot in, in the studios in Leeds. Hmm. 
and people used to say, have you got a, a family bedroom or something, the four of you, you know, because we did get on awfully well. Did duty-free viewers ever genuinely sympathise with you over David's affair with Linda? They all sympathised with me. But what they said was, I don't know why he's going off with that beanstalk when he's got you waiting. Oh, how uh, they were very kind to me. They were, really. And not very kind to Joanna Van Geiskam, who's also a friend. And how much of a career highlight for you was a bit of a do and working with David Jason? Oh, that was extraordinary. That was such a wonderful thing to do. And he was fabulous as my husband in that. He was absolutely wonderful. I thought it was it was an intriguing thing, which I've not done before or since, to have a studio audience but have quite a lot of it on film. We filmed a lot of it, so you didn't know where the laughs were going to come when you do it on film, as you do with a studio audience. So you can't rethink anything. It's all there, and you just have to pray that you got it right and that the audience will laugh at the film. Playing a waitress in A Bit of a Do was Tracy Brabin, who is now a Labour yes. MP. I, I know, good old Tracy, that's amazing, yeah. Has being involved in politics ever appealed to you, Gwen? No, not for a moment. I couldn't stand the flack. I just couldn't stand the way people talk about each other now in politics. It's so horrible. <laughs> Why do you think there are so few great TV sitcoms these days? Oh, that's times? a very difficult one. I don't know. It's all about the writing, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know why. I think people are always trying to break down barriers and push the kind of naughtiness, or not naughtiness, push the sexuality and the other things a bit too far. But there are some. I mean, I, I love Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I love her stuff. Yeah. But I'm not sure if it's popular with the people who would have liked Duty Free. I don't think it is. But we need them both. We, we do need them both, don't we? I just think that ordinary people are wonderful to watch. Mm. If, you've got, if you've got something about ordinary people in maybe not such an ordinary experience, I think it's fascinating. And maybe we should think more about that and not try and be shocking or, or political or whatever, you know. What have you made of recent attempts to remake old sitcoms like Dad's Army, Open All Hours, Are You Being Served, blah, blah, blah? I think some of them work very well. Maybe if you hadn't seen the original or latched on to the original, you wouldn't really worry about it. But mm. I, I still I still feel the gap where the other people aren't, you know, where, where the real people have gone. Mm. I feel an enormous gap there. I see that a uh, young Rob Brydon was in Barbara with you. Yes. <laughs> yes, he was wonderful. He played a he played a weatherman uh, with with his finger on the buzzer, you know, and and he was wonderful, really good. And to what extent was starring as Barbara Liversidge in Barbara a career high for you? I don't know if it was a career high in the way that Duty Free was, because that changed everything as regards television. But it was it was wonderful to crack, as I say, that way of doing something. And, and to bring it off, and um, I suppose I suppose it, it gave people something to watch, something to trust me in, you yeah. know, be yeah. able to be able to say that I could do it, and I could do it well. It's important. What qualities do you think you have that have enabled you to work consistently throughout your career? I was going to say humility, but now I'm going to tell you that <laughs> I think it's um, I think it's because I go for the truth. Right. 
I'd like to think that's what people see in my work. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that's true. You're very sort of real sympathetic human being it seems yes yes yeah. i can play nasty though you know <laughs> i can play nasty <laughs> <laughs> but it, i'm getting more and more of those now at 80 i think i've got to be <laughs> nastier and nastier <laughs> it's said that only five percent of actors in the uk actually work so how fair do you think it is that a very small group get all the decent roles i don't think we're talking fairness are we we're talking market value really i suppose yeah and i i do feel very sorry for people who have a talent but just can't get it seen it must be the most horrendous thing i'm so lucky in that the things i've done have exposed me to wonderful audiences that have accepted what i am and what i've done it must be awful if you have that within you and no way of bringing it out, if you know what I mean. Mm. I, I think that must be the most frustrating thing. Olivia Coleman, Judy Walters, Keely Hawes, Sheridan Smith, they get all the very big roles. Does that frustrate even you sometimes? No, I've, I just feel very proud of them and, and I'm very excited by what they're doing. No, it, it doesn't frustrate me. Talent is talent. and. You know, they've obviously had a leg up somewhere. I don't know. You know, somebody's seen seen them maybe at drama school even mm. and, and pushed them forward. And, and that's the way it is, I think. You know, I mean, we can't all do what we would like to do, can mm. we? I mean, it's, you know, it, it is a market-centred business. Mm. Were you ever interested in trying to make it in Hollywood? No, no, I started at 30. I was well beyond wanting to be or being allowed to break into a Hollywood movie. I think at that time they were casting a very sexy people and young people. I, no, I don't think, I don't think I even thought about Hollywood. How much would you have liked to have been a glamorous sex symbol type of actress? I would quite like to have tried it, yes. I just don't have the, uh, the equipment. You know, I, I, I weigh the same as most of them, but it's, it, it's all distributed differently. Hmm. I remember Michael Parkinson interviewing Helen Mirren on his show and mentioning her equipment and getting into trouble for it. Is that yes, the kind of equipment exactly. you're referring to? I wasn't just talking about that equipment. I was talking about my whole body is my own. Right. <laughs> but as Peggy Armstrong in Heartbeat, how did you feel about being the very opposite of glamorous? Wonderful, because nobody comes and touches you up during during filming. You've just got time for yourself. Nobody <laughs> comes and makes you look pretty. It's wonderful. I loved it. Yeah? yeah, I loved not having to try, just getting on with it. It, it was it was it was a great relief actually. Were a lot of people very shocked at that sort of transformation from the Gwen Taylor they were used to? Yes, they were, and some of them come to the theatre expecting to see that character now, mm. because it's still on in the afternoon. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, I think it's three times a day sometimes, yeah. you know. And so they, they come expecting to see that character, and of course they don't see that character. They see a rather posh children's governess at the moment, and then next uh, in the craft they will see a lady who died a long time ago. Yeah. To what extent was Heartbeat's cast the happiest you've been a part of? I'm hesitating because my darling friend Peter Benson, who played Bernie Scripps, 
yes. who ran the yeah, has died a year ago, and and I'm saddened by that. He he was very important to me. Hmm. He never missed seeing me on stage, and he always we always had lots of messages. We used to go to John Lewis's and and have a a tea party. So I miss him, and I and and that's sort of coloured my feelings about about the the whole thing but the cast were wonderful everybody was so good and and the filming was was a joy because we were right out there on the moors it was absolutely lovely Hmm. and how much have you felt at home filming up north for heartbeat and then coronation street oh very much so very much so Yes, I mean, I, I loved Manchester, Coronation Street. I'd never really stayed in Manchester before, and that was very exciting for those six months that I did, hmm. uh, Anne Foster. What chance of uh, Anne Foster returning to Corrie one day? I don't know. Wouldn't it be nice? I mean, I, have, I did kill my son, so I'm either in, in a, a mental hospital or I'm in prison, so I don't know if she ever would be let out, but hmm. I wouldn't say no. Believe me, it was a very good experience. Did they say to you when your stint ended that, you know, we'd love to have you back one day, or do they not? Oh, of course they did. They always did that, yes. Yeah. Of course they did. Funnily enough, I'd just been sitting on a sofa next to Andrew Lancel, the son who I killed in Coronation oh. Street, because yeah. we're both in this play together, this play, The Lady Vanishes yeah. together. It's good to know yeah. he's still alive. <laughs> Um, yes, isn't it? Isn't it? Ali, no ill feeling whatsoever. <laughs> and uh, when you were in The Lady in the Van, any nice Claire Foy or Maggie Smith stories for us? That was just a joy. I didn't have much to do with Maggie. Mainly what I, what I did is I walked past her and I said to Alan Bennett, who was played by Alec, I said, where does she go to the loo? Uh, which is my my sort of it's it's kind of like people repeat repeat it to me. No. Where does she go to the loo? But it was lovely. Maggie was very nice. I I I didn't have a scene with her apart from walking past her. Okay. But she was very kind, and on a very cold day, she offered me her hand warmers, uh-huh. which is a very nice thought, a very nice memory. Yes. Uh-huh. Did you ever fancy a part in Downton Abbey or The Crown? Oh, I would love a part in either of those. I really would. That would suit me down to the ground. But everybody, they're all taken. Oh. Well, you have been in the Tracy Ullman show, which I'm very envious of. Yes, I have. I've, I, I've had, for my sins, I, I really love that. She's such a clever girl, isn't she? Yeah. Tell us any nice story about working with Tracy. She must be a good Oh, nice stories about working with Tracy. I can't think of anything really. It was all nice. I mean, it was, it was pretty rushed. I mean, you you don't have time to muck about, you know. I mean, she's she's doing several different setups every day, yeah. so, so you know, you don't have much time for small chat. But she was lovely to work with. I'm an enormous admirer of her. Is it weird when she's dressed as famous people like Camilla Parker yes. Bowles or Angela yes, Merkel? She's so good. She's so good at that. She, you know. Yeah, lovely. Have you ever been in awe of anyone you've worked with or really thrilled to meet them? I don't know. People are usually pretty good at getting round that with you, making you feel good. I tell you, one person that, that I was with, it was um, Ian Carmichael. Oh, well, yeah, Ian Carmichael. Yes. He was in the yes. Royal. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I <laughs> met him and I went to dinner party. Mm-hmm. And he was there. And, and I found that a bit daunting because I'd always admired his work. I'd always thought he was so so clever it's brilliant yeah have you any memories of meeting the royal family any of them when i was 10 
I went with all the other school children in the village and local villages to go down to a place called Ambergate to watch the Queen go past in her car on her way to somewhere that she was doing something. And I still remember that, mm. standing there waving my little flag and being so enchanted that that was the Queen. So I do remember that. But other members of the royal family, I don't have a memory of. No, mm. I don't think I've ever met them. I'm not sure posh enough. Many people mm. are surprised you've not been awarded any gongs. How much do you aspire to being Dame Gwen, or at least having an OBE? I'm too fat and jolly to be a dame, I think. <laughs> I'm sure there's some fat dames. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, of course, any, any award is a help to your career, of course. I'd mm. love it. And it's, and it's people saying, you're all right, you've done all right. You know, that's yeah. always nice, of course. But um, I don't know if I'm in the running. I don't know if I do the right sort of stuff to be in the running, you know. Okay, yeah. Have you ever turned down anything that you've later regretted declining? Any roles? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I've, I've accepted roles that I regretted accepting occasionally that huh. didn't work out the way I wanted to yeah. or was not a happy job. You know, mm. I've, I've had that kind of experience. But no, I don't, I don't think I've got any, uh, any regrets about anything. And how happy are you with the level of fame that you have or would you like to have been more high profile? No, not at all. I'm perfectly happy with the level of fame, in inverted commas, mm. that, uh, that I have. I'm a well-known actress, not famous, which, mm. is, which is a pleasant thing to be, I think. I can go shopping and do all sorts of things without being, um, until I open my mouth, and then people recognize me as Amy and Duty Free or something, yeah. you know. So, yeah, so, I, know I, quite, I quite like the level of fame I've achieved. Since you moved south to go to drama school, have you always lived in London? Yes. Uh, you haven't had a second home somewhere? No, no, we live in London. We live in a very nice old house in London. Yeah, I mean, we keep talking about moving to the country somewhere because that's where I was brought up, obviously, in Derbyshire. But we, we've got commitments in London and we've got grandsons who want to come and stay in London. And, mm. and we're, you know, uh, so we're, we're, we're going to stay, I think. I don't, I don't see us moving yet. And, of course, when we do move, we're so old, we won't know they'll cart us out somewhere. <laughs> How much evidence of your career is in your home? <laughs> Quite a lot. I have uh, all the posters framed. They're on the stairs. It's got a three-story house, you see. So we've got lots of stair wall to fill up. Yeah. So they're on the stairs. And I actually have a wonderful, wonderful picture that was when I did Eliza Doolittle at Coventry years ago mm. in Pygmalion, not yes. My Fair Lady. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they put a full-length photo of me in this beautiful yellow dress all round the town. And that was the most extraordinary thing to happen to me so early in my career. Mm. And I've got, a, I've got a black and white version of that on the wall. Uh, I, I, I love seeing that because I was so slim. You should see my waist. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful on it. I haven't got a waist anymore. Oh. I gave it away. But I did when, look so gorgeous. When and where did you marry Graham? I married Graham, I think it was 96. 34 years we've been together, but um, married in 96. No, we married in Burton-on-Trent. Ah, oh, okay. 
it was a kind of a middle thing for people visit coming into mm. to, to England. And we used to go around Derbyshire with my mother, who was not very good on her feet. We used to take her all over the place. Mm. And we'd been to this, this lovely hotel in Burton-on-Trent, and they'd been very kind, been very kind to my mother. And so when it came to be married, we decided to use the hotel, which was lovely. It's not a hotel anymore. It's become a private residence. How much and, would uh, you like to have had children? I would. I would at one stage. I really did think I wanted children at one stage. But it came to the point where I didn't meet anybody who I trusted enough to have a child by. Mm. And when I met my husband, I was too old to think about having a child. I'm not sitting here pining, thinking why I didn't have any children, because I've got nieces and nephews galore and my two grandsons who are adorable. I didn't have any children myself, but Graham's family, he had two daughters and a son, and I've got two wonderful grandsons from one of those daughters. So yeah. it's having a family bond which keeps us all together, and we're sort of at the, at the very point of that, you know, at the apex of it. We're important, the old is. How did the cancer scare you experienced a few years ago affect your attitude to life, your perspective on Oh, it, it, it affects it totally. It affects it totally. That uh, You go through that first awful thing, and you start sort of almost planning what you're going to do when you've gone. You know, it, mm. if you know what I mean, you start thinking about what's going to happen to the house and what's going to, and all that kind of thing. And then you get the all clear, and and you think, right, well, I can't. Do, nothing worse than that's going to happen to me. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm okay, and it's not. Nothing worse is going to happen. Did it make you celebrate even more turning eighty this year? Nothing makes you celebrate turning eighty. Nothing. But I suppose, yes, I suppose, here I am, I'm, that lovely song, I'm still here, you know, mm -hmm. I'm still here and I'm working, which is the most marvellous thing, yeah. that I'm working and enjoying it. And how old do you feel? Well, some days I feel about 24. Hmm? Some days I feel about 92. Hmm. But I suppose I've come to terms with 80 now. Uh, what I do hate is the aches and pains, which I do hate them because they slow you up so much, you know. For example, in the play I'm in at the moment, I was supposed to get on the floor at one stage, and I said, if I get on the floor, I'll never get up. <laughs> so we changed the move. It's all right. It works perfectly well, but I had to say, I'm just not going to do that <laughs> in this play. Gwen, many actresses of a certain age have succumbed to youth-enhancing treatments, even surgery. What's been your own attitude towards that? I'm terrified of it. I'm terrified. It must be so painful. I did have a little um, lift years and years ago for my neck because my face stayed incredibly young, but my neck was looking a bit ropey. So I had a little neck lift it's called i don't know what it's called it they pull your neck back i hated every moment of it oh. it was the most painful thing i've ever had done and i couldn't sleep i had to be propped up oh never again never again and also when you get to 80 what's the point yeah. i've got my man haven't i i've done the pulling <laughs> yeah it's it's weird when you see uh, actresses who you know are old trying to look young and I, I think they must lose out on roles as well because better that you look the age that you are isn't it yes it is except i still don't quite look the age i am in my face i've still got quite a young yeah slightly chubby face which is 
which which could be 65 mm. or in the 60s you know what i mean i haven't gone into those wrinkles that uh, old ladies go into yet i'm touching wood believe yeah. me i'm touching a little table we've got here i'm touching wood you must have seen other people with a few dodgy facelifts in your time, I should think. Oh, my God, yes. Isn't it scary? <laughs> Isn't it scary? But uh, it's up to them. It's whatever whatever makes your life work. You know, yeah. good luck to them. Some people are under such pressure. People mm. who started by being glamorous are under such pressure, aren't they? And, I mean, I've done it myself. I've looked at something on television where somebody's been interviewed or come on and gone oh god they look old i've done it myself you know uh, because it's a shock sometimes and so you can't blame people for trying to lessen the shock a bit might you ever retire is there a point at which you might say well at 90 i'm going to call it a day or i will retire when i can't sustain the work when i can't keep the lines in my head i don't want to be one of those people who goes on with a microphone or who has the words printed anywhere, you know. Yeah. If that happens, if I feel that happening, I hope that sensibly I would retire, but I don't want to. I really don't. I, I want to keep myself fit from that point of view. Have you any ambitions outside of show business? No. Funnily enough, no. It's part of my life for so long now, show business. Uh, I don't have any ambitions outside show business, except to be happy really and that's hmm. naff isn't it that's awfully naff I just want us to stay together and be happy and sustain each other and help and support a wonderful family what chance of you writing an autobiography one day oh very little very, my husband's the writer very little I, I'm terribly bad I think I would insult people <laughs> and, and there are people that I didn't like that I should put in that I wouldn't and who are they um, <laughs> Oh, I'm not telling you. <laughs> oh, God, you're a cheeky monkey. No, I was only teasing you. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> what would you call your autobiography if, if there was one, or if Graham wrote a biography of you? I can't think because I, I just don't think of doing one. But mm. He says, duty done. Oh, good one. Nice one. But yeah, but that depends on everybody having seen Duty Free, doesn't it? I suppose so. But of all the work you've done, what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of a series of plays I did for my husband set in Northern Ireland with Kenneth Branagh. Yes. They have a title of The Billy Plays, and I played Kenneth Branagh's stepmother. And I'm proud that we got that on, and, and we did it. It was, it was a lovely thing to do, because my husband comes from Northern Ireland. He's quite famous over there. Yes, I, I like that. But um, I'm proud of almost everything. Occasionally, as I said to you, I accept something that I shouldn't have, and I'm bored by it or annoyed by it because it doesn't um, end up the way I wanted it to. But most things I'm proud of, I hope I continue to be proud of what I do. Hmm. And uh, any nice Kenneth Branagh stories for us? Any nice Kenneth Branagh stories for you? I don't think so. He's very lovely. I mean, uh, we, we've lost touch with him now because he's a mega star time. But um, I remember once when I was working with him, he was trying to learn the poem Maud, which is coming to the garden Maud, yes. you know. It's an enormously long poem. And I remember he came up to my hotel room 
while I went through the poem with him, and I thought, God, if anybody sees him leaving at my age, you know, God, there'll be all, all sorts of talk. But uh, anyway, he didn't. He, he he came up to my hotel bedroom and we went through Maud, and I was very proud of him because I went to see him do it, and he did it really well. Uh, and have any male actors over the decades made you go weak at the knees? That I've worked with? Yes, or, or you've met. You thought, wow. No, not really. No, I haven't met Brad Pitt. I haven't met Leonardo DiCaprio. I haven't met George Clooney. They would make me go weep at the knees. <laughs> no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I haven't met anybody that's done quite done that to me, except my husband, who's not an actor. No. And to so. what extent do you feel you've been given the credit you deserve as an actress? Oh, to full extent. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a lucky girl. I really think I have been given the credit that I deserve. I really do. I hope I continue to get the credit that mm. I deserve. Yes, I think I've been lucky and I think I've been treated well by the business. How much have you embraced social media? Not at all, if I can help it. I am terrified of having people say nasty, cruel things to me because even though I say, even though I don't believe them, it would go into my psyche and I would, it would be there forever and I would be absolutely useless. I won't do it. The only thing I have is a WhatsApp group with the people I'm working with, okay. which is great. Well, because they say, we're down at the coffee shop, why don't you, you know, things yes. like that, which is yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, I like that. But social media, no, I'm just not on that sort of thing. And uh, as someone who's currently on a theatre tour and is about to go on another one, have you had any mobile phones going off? in the theatre when you've been... You know, we haven't. Isn't that extraordinary? We haven't, and we don't make an announcement at the beginning of the show either. You know, like, like sometimes... It's... No, we haven't. It's because we're so brilliant on the stage <laughs> that we take their breath away and they just don't do it. <laughs> but do you get them filming you, though? Do you, do you see them holding up their cameras and filming? Oh, my God. Yes, you do. You do, I'm afraid, sometimes... It, I mean, if there's an usher around, they'll ask them not to. But, yeah, you do see. But everybody does that everywhere now, don't they? Yeah. Selfies and things, you know, and all that. Final question. How would you like to be remembered after you leave this planet in hopefully many years to come? She loved and was loved well. Mm -hmm. As an actress, what would you like to be remembered for most, do you think? You could always rely on our Gwen. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, I don't know if you mean that. Oh, no. No, no, definitely. No, you're, you're very much loved and, uh, you know, people yes. have great affection for you, don't they? Which must be very nice. Yes, it is nice. It is. I think the, the one time I failed was when I took my mother to the supermarket and she wouldn't she wouldn't buy the big value things because she said, oh, no, that's too much. And I got, I lost my temper. Mother, I'd given up a whole weekend to come with you shopping. <laughs> and, and then and somebody said to me, I saw you in the Asda the other day. And I thought, oh, my God. I was probably yelling at my mother. <laughs> what do people most want to ask you when they see you out in public, when they spot you? They ask about my co-stars sometimes, you oh, know. Yeah. But unfortunately, Keith's dead, Keith Barron, Sam Kelly, bless him. Yeah. He's dead. Peter Benson, my friend from Heartbeat, is dead. So it's, it's it's difficult now. I mean, they're all dropping like flies, I'm yeah. afraid. I think people are scared to work with me because of that, <laughs> of that group of people. <laughs> the other curse. Yeah. Well, well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much indeed for all your time. 
Thank and, you. Uh, thank you so much. And best of luck in this tour and the next one. Yes. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All the bye very bye. best to you.